Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Say Zero, Season 3, Episode 29. I'm your host this week, Jenna Anderson. Joining me today for what is sure to be a very big show is Aaron Perrine. A lot of stuff has happened since the last time we saw all of your wonderful faces. Um, let's get into it. Absolutely. Uh, Jamie Jurak. Good morning. It's good to be back. We're so happy to have you back. It was not the same to say the words Olivia Coleman and not have <laughs> you on the, in your presence because it, 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 it doesn't feel the same. Um, and then back on the show after a very fun first appearance recently is Nick Valdez. Oh, howdy, everybody. Thanks for having me again. You know, I just coming in right at the end here. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're very happy to have you. Um, BD is currently on his way to what is sure to be a very, very weird San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we'll get into why very shortly. Um, but so I'm hosting in his stead. And I will also bring up, in case you didn't listen to last week, uh, we will be doing a Daredevil and Electra review episode on August 9th or to kind of hype up Deadpool 3 and get into the, the vibe of a appreciating those movies so if you haven't already rented or bought your copies you have plenty of time to still do so so because that's going to be a really fun episode um but yeah so we'll dive into the news of the week starting with the fact that uh SAG-AFTRA the actors union is now on strike as of last week uh so now production on anything Marvel related that was still in production in the writers is now down it means Deadpool 3 and Venom 3 it also means we are so much further away from getting the fantastic forecast because you can't make casting negotiations during this time so our permanent hell of being in that limbo continued but um how do we feel about this i know it's kind of inevitable as we were saying it's definitely going to affect stuff at comic-con but like how do we feel about the the union being on strike and how it impacts marvel i mean here's what i keep saying this it's like it's a it's a bummer that we're, we're not having junkets and premieres and and comic-cons the way it is it's like yeah it sucks but it's like it's necessary. They, uh, you know, they, it's the more and more certain uh, people say certain things. It's like, wow, they, <laughs> it's shocking. Like they just, des- they just deserve what they're asking for. And it's crazy that they're not getting it. And, uh, um, and you know, it's a bummer how, how much it affects, especially like living here in Los Angeles. It's like, I wasn't here during the pandemic, but I know people have been like compared to like similar, a similar vibe and just in terms of there's nothing to do. Um, but boy, oh boy, this needs to happen. So, uh, but uh, it's wild. <laughs> this whole thing is really, is really wild. And then like just crazy weird stuff happening. Like Sean Gunn did that interview um, about being on Gilmore Girls on Netflix uh, and how he was there pro- protest Netflix. And then the interview got taken down because of verbiage. But it, And then he did another video. It was, crazy absolutely aaron nick do you have anything to add uh, i mean oh sorry ahead. about that <laughs> no no uh, my thing is this wouldn't be happening without a reason and you know we we are here you know we've seen that reason and that reason has happened 
And now this is ha now happening. I agree with Jamie. This is all you know a bummer for us as fans and those who work on these things as like, a, oh, okay, now we have to be a little more creative, you know? But <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it should work out the way it's supposed to. I will just say that. <laughs> right. I mean, it's got the definite air of like Sideshow Bob stepping on rakes as far as media <laughs> uh, availability for certain individuals are concerned. I'm like, you could have just sat there and ate your food and nobody would have said anything. And it, and it continues to happen. I don't think we're out of it yet either. That was that in Deadline or was that in uh, the Times, the, the House comment? That was in Deadline. It was an anonymous was in studio yeah. executive in Deadline, yeah. One of the wildest things I've ever seen in print. And you've seen some whoppers, man. Like, me and Nick were watching wrestling when, like, The Rock announced <laughs> that they got Osama Bin Laden. And that's, like, level of, like, <laughs> surreal. What is happening? Why is this the venue in which I'm learning this information? You know? Um, it's very crazy. Uh, I'm hopeful that the writers get what they want and the actors get what they want. Um I mean, we'll talk about some of the repercussions of said strike later on some offerings on regular TV that I think might complicate all of this even further. But yeah, it's a bummer. I hope BD can actually go talk to some comics people. You know, yeah. Jim will dig up everybody. If nothing else, our buddies like Rob Liefeld and them, they will happily talk to us. Seth McFarlane like, will talk to us <laughs> Yes, about whatever for a whole day we'll just go live on instagram live if that's what you ask all ask him want. about that spawn movie again ask him about the yeah. spawn movie <laughs> that, that, that you know they cloned tyrone to make um that's a deep deep weird cut <laughs> isn't, Jay, isn't jamie supposed to be spawn like is it yes, still happening yes. okay yeah. it's been yeah. so long it's yeah it's so long um but yeah it's a, it's a weird time everybody settle in Absolutely. And kind of on the topic of that, uh, Bob Iger did a very big interview with CNBC right as the strike was kind of coming into effect. There's a lot of things that he said that we're not going to talk about because it is just getting into the weeds of the strike of it all. But he did make a comment about specifically Marvel and Star Wars on Disney Plus. So, Jamie, take it away. Uh, he said... Uh here we go. He said, Marvel's a great example of that. They had not been in the TV business at any significant level. Not only did they increase their movie output, but they ended up making a number of television series. And frankly, it diluted focus and attention. That is, I think, more of the cause than anything. First of all, not on any significant level. Ever heard of a show that ran for seven years on a little network called ABC? titled Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Bob Iger, because I have. Uh, actually, Clark Gregg did respond to, the, to this article and just went, he just typed, bro. <laughs> That's like rude. What a rude thing to say just in general. That's not really the full point of this quote is to defend Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's what I, I was put on this earth to do. But like um, that, I mean, the things he said about the strike were like way crazier than this. Um, uh, but this is still like a quite a thing to say um I, i'm gonna leave it to you all to react to this i hate to say it but like i i, I can see some sort of point that he's making and, and i almost agree with it purely in the sense of the amount of time that it takes as we've said on the show a million times the amount of like pure hours it takes to now consume the mcu and follow the mcu is so much wider than it ever was before endgame and i think that that probably has changed a lot of casual fans relationships with it when 
and there are there were at one point you know a new episode of marvel television every single week for like a year and so I don't disagree with him. I, I disagree with him on some other things that he said. But in this argument, I can almost see where he's coming from. But yeah, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that show was on for so long. Like, I'm glad that you... I knew giving you the story. I was like, Jamie's going to celebrate Agents <laughs> of S.H.I.E.L.D. So thank God for that. <laughs> in the old, like, delinquent child tradition, when you break a window with a baseball, you immediately hand the bat to someone else. You just do it. You just go, you just don't look at them, you just hand it to them and like, nah, it was them. And I feel like that's that for Bob Chapek's decision making here. I think that's really what's going on at the foot. He's really like the thing you have to remember about Iger getting brought back by Disney is that he was really brought back as like a Roomba to like restore order from all the stuff that had gone wrong, I guess, in, in his like absence. And it has proven to be harder than maybe he imagined to fix all of this, especially with the, with the strike going on, both strikes going on now, you know. Uh, it's been it hasn't been easy. I challenge anyone who finds it hard to watch all this stuff. I see the video counts of some of our friends on the internet. You're watching the recap things that all these people make. Shout out hi Ryan Airy, hi heavy spoilers, hi all these people, right? And Eric. I know Voss is watching this. So like I, I get it to a point, but also other than we'll get into later how much you need to watch the previous MCU to enjoy Secret Invasion. But I, I don't know how everybody on Earth watched WandaVision. That's not why you didn't like Multiverse of Madness. All of you watched it. Now, if you're watching this right now, you watched those shows, uh, like at least the first year. Every I feel like everybody, I feel confident saying everybody here who's watching this stream right now who can hear the sound of my voice watched WandaVision. Loki and Falconer Soldier because what else was there to do? You were literally inside like the rest of us watching it. Right, After that, right. maybe it gets a little squirrely. But also, what other things like okay, you didn't watch Shang Chi? Like what didn't? What what part of that influenced you going to see Guardians or Spider Verse or No Way Home? Everybody on Earth also saw Spider Man No Way Home, so I guess that's a, a moot point too. I I just find it interesting that he's trying to shift the blame of like. This is why the money doesn't look right. It was all done in front of some weird retreat in Idaho yes. as well. Which yes, I'm just like, yeah. isn't this more of the issue than like <laughs> the show costing a lot of money? Like, you know what I mean? That yak over there is like, yo, chill. Too. Wasn't Tiger also still around when Disney Plus launched? And he yeah, so like he kind of he's he started the like you know the forming of Disney Plus, and then JPEG kind of took over a lot of the content stuff. And so it's like, yeah, it is this weird kind of like shifting the blame back and forth. Like, yeah, Nick, how do you feel about this? I mean, uh, I agree with what Aaron said. It's it's not the you know it, it's not the TV because I love all the TV stuff. You know, it gave us She Hulk. We got She Hulk. Out. We <laughs> yeah, got, yeah. yeah, like we got a Megan the Stallion in the MCU and because of Disney Plus's TV stuff. So my thing is maybe maybe we should have had less movies, or maybe we should have had instead of an Ant Man three maybe someone else could have had a movie you know maybe we could have had a hawkeye movie instead you, you, you know it's it was the the scheduling it's the fact that we had all this tv but we still had to get all the movies we had to get which was like did we really and after you know after phase four the trauma era you know it's like did we really need all that in retrospect probably not i would have gladly seen you know a she-hulk movie or something like just 
you know, it was just a scheduling thing. It's like there's no, there's clearly no communication between the two sets, despite we needing to watch all of it. And it's, yeah, that's all it is. It's like maybe you should have calmed down on the movies. That That's my thing. I, I, I know they're movies, they're, they're the whole thing, but I mean, come on. <laughs> Nick makes a good point because yeah. I, I don't have, I liked every single TV show that's come out, but I have some issues with the movies. <laughs> so something to think about Bob. <laughs> I also I, I do think off of Nick's point I think it's a matter of like what is the best format to tell the story versus we just need multiple MCU TV shows to fill yes. out our Disney Plus catalog I think like as I've argued on the show multiple times there's a version of Falcon and the Winter Soldier that is a movie that probably could have hit in a completely different way I could almost at this point maybe make that argument with Secret Invasion um, so it's like I it just it's, it's about like the format and it's about having intent with the story and not just trying to create more and more hours of content so yeah i will have to see how I, all of this goes. i also want to point out for some inside baseball for the people at home chapek was the one making the decisions about what projects went where that's why yeah. i say he's laying it at the feet of him because there's a lot of reporting to indicate nothing out of their mouths of course but reporting to indicate that kevin feige during phase four or whatever and like the beginning of phase five was not determining where the projects would end up so if you're upset that this show felt like it could have been a movie instead or something, the previous leadership would be some of the things to, to point to on that regard. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and then, and, yeah, going into the next movie, which I know some of us are very excited for. Oh, man. So Entertainment Weekly uh, dropped a big old article with images from the Marvels and used a lot of information in there with a lot if you've been missing Iman Vellani and Tiana Paris, there's a lot there for you. And Brie, too. All mm -hmm. of them together. And the dynamic is already shining through, which it's going to need, hopefully, uh, any clips that might surface. I hope that they, they really do surface the, the the sort of dynamic between the three of them because you're going to need it without them being able to do press for the movie. Um, according to Brie, though, this was the plan for years, teaming up with Miss Marvel and whatever they're going to call Monica Rambeau. We have some conflicting reports on that as well. Um, Brie said, this was something Kevin and I had talked about from the beginning, that this was, this was the way the story made sense to go. It doesn't have to be intense and heavy. There's a lot of humor. And I think this movie is very funny. And we la all laughed a lot while making it. So that's like fun. If you've been looking for more fun, uh, in the Marvel movies, because there were some people who felt like Guardians was kind of intense in parts, and it is. Um, and then Wakanda Forever is two hours of us all sobbing at each other. And I don't know what happened to Ant Man. I blanked, I, I blacked out. Uh, <laughs> it was great. I don't remember what emotions I went through. I just did no. that for Jamie so that she. No laugh. emotions. That's the thing, Aaron. You had no emotions. That's what you <laughs> I was sitting the second. Did we go see it together? Because I did we, we did, do this I really didn't. Okay, that is a mistake. If I had a time thing, like a, des a dial of destiny, <laughs> if you will, I would go back and go watch this with Jamie just so I could experience her rage and have it like radiate <laughs> off of her. It would be very fun. Um, apparently, also, Imam Vellani is now the walking like b series Bible for the MCU. There, they had an unofficial motto on set that if you don't know, ask Amon. Um, <laughs> Bree said, I've learned I just trust Amon because she really has her timelines in order. She's the one that's always schooling us. I don't know how old Carol is without her. She really does the math. So this backs up what uh, Kevin Feige calls her Unabomber notebook that she carries everywhere with all the details and everything, which is 
very funny, very, very silly. Um, if at some point these behind the scenes things, we don't get a dual lesson thing with her and Tom Hiddleston on whiteboards, <laughs> like dueling about the specifics, that is a missed opportunity. I would really enjoy that. Um, speaking of Tom Hiddleston, his fiance, Zoe Ashton, is our villain for uh, uh, the Marvels. I think they, they They've confirmed all this. I don't, I'm like, sitting there like, John, I'm supposed to, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the trailer makes it very clear that she is a bad guy. And yeah, it sounds like she's playing Darben. Yeah, it sounds like she's playing Darben. And she got some advice from Hiddleston before, like, you know, filming. She said, one of the main takeaways from our conversations was what you put into Marvel, you get back. He said, if you go into this with an open heart and great work ethic, and just want to provide an amazing experience for the fans, you'll have an amazing experience on those sets. And he really empowered me in that way. So it sounds like everybody was having a good time. The, the vibes are high. Uh, I hope we get another trailer. I, you know, I'm I'm the person holding the banner for me. It's just me and Neebs holding the banner for Miss Marvel over here. And, and Nick running behind us at full sprint with the town of Paris banner. So how does everybody feel about the Marvels? I, this article, obviously all these interviews were done way before the strike, but I'm glad that they like saved this article for this moment where we could just get like the extra serotonin of it. I, I love the dynamic that it sounds like everybody had on this movie. Like there were so many other quotes I didn't include in the rundown of just um, like talking about just the, the creative vibe and how like Naya DaCosta felt like she had to kind of not be too much of a comic book fan because she was geeking out. <laughs> about everything so Kevin, Kevin Feige told her stop being such a nerd I know and I love <laughs> that I love that so much I love the amount of just nerd energy that is radiating off of this movie and just the the nice vibes and everything like this I I can't wait for this movie I'm I'm gonna get my hopes probably way too high but I'm so excited for this movie that's how I feel. Like I'm ready. I'm ready for these three ladies to be ladying together. It's gonna be so good. I just also, it's like, uh, it's probably the last movie we're gonna get for a while. Uh, so uh, I'm. I really hope it's good just to end on a high note. Um, but I, I have faith. I'm, I'm excited, and I'm glad they got to do this interview. It, it's a bummer because that press tour would have been so, so good. Fun. Oh. What a good press tour. But, oh, well, Iger. <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> I love how you worded it of, like, last movie ever. <laughs> like, you know, that's how it always sounds. <laughs> it's like, there Marvel will be other movie. movies. But, yeah. It's the last Marvel movie for a while, I think. At the moment. I, you know, yes. Who They're knows? coming it's back. Next week, it'll probably change. Yeah. What was the 2007 strike? Eight months? Something like that. I don't know. Too long. So, it was too yeah. long. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I mean, I was in high school and I still like deeply remember being like, what am I going to do? I still remember watching the Golden Globes as a news announcement. And uh, that was wild. Like, wow. Jesus. Uh, Nick, how I'm, do you I'm, feel about the Marvels update? As, I'm ready as Aaron for fun. Mentioned. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready for fun. Like, uh, you know, and what what stings about the television comments once more is that without the TV shows, we wouldn't have Tiana Paris and Amon Vellani <laughs> in these things. And, you know, Tiana Paris is a movie star. <laughs> and Amon Vellani is ready to be a movie star. Like that that look of them in the suits, like the full, like new suits and like that 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 cover, I was just... I'm in, uh, you know, the vibes are immaculate. I, I'm ready. I'm ready for fun. I'm ready for just action. And it's something we need. Like we still have yet to have that trauma free Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> so please like, just let us laugh a little bit. Let us like enjoy a Marvel movie. 
You say that, and yet I know Monica is going to probably have so much beef with Carol and oh, trauma with Carol. Oh, that's her. True. So, like, we're going to be laughing, but we're also going to be very sad about Carol, like, abandoning her for 30 years and going off to space. So, the, yeah, the, we can't escape the trauma, as Nicole has attested on the show multiple times. There's always a way to work in the trauma. Um, but keeping the Marvel train going, uh, Kamala Khan and Mon Valani are like taking over the world this week. It's kind of it's kind of impressive. So as Aaron mentioned, with the strike and with a lack of things to air on television, Miss um, Marvel is going to be airing on ABC in its entirety. So the first three episodes are going to air on August 5th, and then the last three episodes are going to air on August 12th. I'm so glad that they're doing this because just to help prime people who don't have a Disney Plus subscription and who might want to watch the Marvels, I almost wish they were doing this closer to the Marvels, but I'll take it. Um, and then Aman is also co-writing the new Miss Marvel comic, which is kind of relaunching Kamala as a mutant. Um, as I have written for the site and as I have said on the show, I don't necessarily like the way that we got there, but I'm always a fan of like actors writing their characters in comics. And Aman seems like the like expert at all of this. So I'm very excited to see how she writes a comic. But how do you guys feel about this? I mean, it's probably a weird time when everybody's talking about residuals showing uh, broadcasting on. <laughs> I mean, I'm keeping my hands clean to that, but yeah. I, I do have to mention that's a weird thing. It's exciting, but also I wish there wasn't a huge asterisk with it. Yeah. This isn't the first time they put one of the D plus shows on TV because they played the Mandalorian earlier. This it year was just like one episode though. So yeah. like having the entire show, this is definitely the first time that they've done that. Right. And I mean, it's helpful for introduction for people who haven't seen the show. Um, I laugh because as much as we have like arguments about Ms. Marvel and like the last entries of it, it's still the highest rated of these Disney plus shows on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. It is good. The bones are are great and people are really gonna enjoy her as first. And I love that we're just accepting that she's a mutant. Like I just I when when it when it first got said, I was like, ooh, some people online are gonna be very upset. Like there's a couple people in our phase zero community that are very invested in the humans. And I understand, but also with the MCU's ability to kind of just call their own shots i was like there's no way like you can have her be the center of whatever x-men stuff that you're gonna do eventually whenever you get there however we get there and she's really good casting like just as the character so I i'm excited to see what happens both in the book and like with on tv what if it has like these like better ratings than it did on disney and then what it'll be like maybe this thing should have just been on abc and then clark greg should have shown up at the end who knows <laughs> who knows we can shoot for the dreams we can shoot for the sky jamie oh, i love that possible. energy oh. <laughs> i recently surprise surprise i rewatched all of ms marvel very recently um the uh and uh it's it's so good team cameron um and uh i think i but nick brings up the good point the residual point of it all is like what does is that even in a contract i wonder what with disney plus shows what would happen if they get put on abc because this hasn't happened a lot uh, i'm i'm very interested to know about that so now you've got me thinking um but i do like the idea that some people that haven't seen it especially younger people because this is such like a uh like a teen tween 
adorable time. Um, and I think it's awesome that she's writing the comic uh, because yeah. she's like that picture of her in the Halloween costume long before she ever got this role is like my favorite thing in the world. It's just, she like, she's, she's has the MCU Bible in her brain. Like she's perfect for all of this. And I'm just so happy for her to like live in the dream girl, uh, good and talented. And like, she deserves it. I, that's just like the perfect uh, uh, everything. So. I love it. I will say to Jamie's point, like th that's why I loved how uh, with DC they had Stargirl air both on the CW and on Max because then it made it so much wow. easier to find the wider audience of like if you were a younger viewer who might not have a streaming service subscription, you could still enjoy absolutely masterful show. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so we're gonna R. take a quick Stargirl. Yes, I, I mourn that show. It had the perfect ending, but I still mourn that show every single day. Um, and I know Nick and Nicole also feel the same way. Um, so we're going to take a quick one minute break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some Guardians of the Galaxy news. And uh, Haley Atwell has some thoughts on Multiverse of Madness. So stay tuned. <laughs> Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Welcome back to Phase Zero. Uh, currently in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One, a movie that Jamie and I, I swear, have been in a text chain about for like the past three days. Like we have so many thoughts on this movie. Um, so she was on uh, the Happy Side Confused podcast, and she had some thoughts on how Captain Carter was in Multiverse of Madness. Uh, she said. I'm like, that wasn't my choice when she was like, I can do this all day. And then followed by she's immediately cut in half by a Frisbee and audiences being like, she can't do it all day. Apparently you can't. So egg on your face. That doesn't really serve Peggy very well. I, I don't disagree with her at all. Like I still love multiverse of madness. I know I'm still on the DVD box. So I, I almost feel like I have to say that, <laughs> but um, I <laughs> like, but I, I, I definitely was underwhelmed by her appearance in that movie and especially seeing her now in Mission Impossible felt like I was almost watching her act for the very first time. Like I saw sides of her performance that I didn't even know were possible. So how do we feel about this and her kind of being underwhelmed? I'm torn because as an, like her, from her perspective as an actor and as someone who is like played Peggy for so long. I totally respect where she's coming from because like, yeah, that is a bummer um, to, to show up and do that. But also it's like, this isn't her Peggy. This is not the Peggy that she's played. This is an alternate Peggy. And that scene, I'm sorry, is amazing. I love that scene so much. I think it's, I think her saying that and then immediately get chopped in half is hilarious because every single person on that group underestimated my girl and they found out. That's what happened. They found out. And I think it's funny. I, I personally love it. And I wouldn't change a thing about that scene. But I, I absolutely would probably feel the same way if I was her. Um, uh, I totally respect that. But, uh, but sorry, that's what happened. <laughs> defending Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., defending Wanda. We're just covering all of Jamie's bases today. 
absolutely true. I mean, I, the whole scene is built to make you realize just how powerful Wanda is, and that, that means some of your faves are gonna get dealt with. I listen, I've had to watch Lashana Lynch die two times in the last two years on screen, where I was like, ah, Wanda, girl, no. Um, so you know, it happens to all of us. <laughs> what, 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 what I, I want to say, account, I almost said it unedited, and I can't say that on this show. But people die every day, B. Like, that's yeah, what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she lasted lo longer than Jim from The Office, right? Uh, so, you know, I think she was served well enough for what the scene was. And she was cool. Like, she got to be cool Captain Carter on screen. I I feel like that was enough for me as a fan, but like, I agree with what she was saying too. Like, yeah, as, as a performer, probably not. But for me, I was like, yeah, get it. <laughs> <laughs> also, can we be real? We haven't seen the last of her as no. Captain Carter, like with this multiverse stuff. And then what if like, there, they seem like there's going to be something near Secret Wars where she comes out of a portal and everybody goes, oh my God, it's Haley Atwell. <laughs> like it's a meme. Yeah. <laughs> especially after mission especially like after people really like her performance in mission it feels like marvel needs to capitalize on that in some way and if not they're absolutely missing the boat because she yeah. she was very good in that movie yeah it'll it'll do the lingering pause like in mission impossible when she turns around when she's first yeah. introduced and you look yeah. at her face for a minute and you're like wow yeah. she's a movie star <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that when mission impossible 8 finally goes back into production it's gonna like consume her life for a yeah. long time that movie is going to once it finally comes back she, i i read it the, when she was making dead reckoning she was like yeah there was three months on set where i didn't even talk because wow. that's how long it takes to film those action sequences so she they might want her back but McHugh is gonna have her <laughs> to himself for a while <laughs> Thank God. Um, and then, so going, shifting gears to another part of the MCU, uh, we we were going to cover this on last week's show and we got just way too short for time, but uh, I'm glad that Jamie's here because it is a big long quote for Jamie to read. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to quote it up. <laughs> so uh, James Gunn dropped some Guardians of the Galaxy nuggets uh, that uh, folks couldn't get to last week, but we're here and let's go. Uh, him and Chris Pratt uh, have talked uh, about the Star-Lord movie idea because, of course, Guardians, that was the, the button, uh, the legendary Star-Lord will return. Uh, he said, Chris and I forever have talked about how great it would be to do a legendary Star-Lord movie, a story with Star-Lord on Earth trying to adapt to the environment of Earth in the same way that somebody else might try to adapt to the alien environment of outer space. Um, I feel like we should address that before we get into the long quote because it's about yeah. something totally different. Um, you know, when they first announced or when they first did that in the end, end button, I was like, really? Of all the Guardians, he's the one? Like, I like him. I like that character. I'm just like, but I, he's not the one I'd want to see again first. Um, but I do like this idea. It's interesting. I think it's inevitable. It might be seven years from now before we get it. But would you, would are you guys interested in this concept? I think on paper, yes. Like Chip Zdarsky has a very, very good Star-Lord solo comic. If you have not read that, go read that immediately. Um, so there's definitely like a lot that you could cover in a Star-Lord solo thing. I'm just honestly at this point with Guardians where I don't need to see any of them after again or ever again, because I am so happy with like the way that their endings wrapped up in volume three that now, especially that James is over at DC and is probably not coming back to Marvel anytime soon to do this Star-Lord movie. I feel like, just let them kind of live on. I always interpret that post credit scene tag as like, he just is living on doing adventures. We might not see those adventures right away, but he's just out there. But how do you guys feel about it? 
if you, I'm good. I'm good. You, <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Okay. Thank you. Next. <laughs> they're not gonna break y'all. Really think they're not gonna bring back Garfield? That's crazy. Come on. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> he hold, he'll hold Super Mario. Stop. <laughs> they have never said somebody will return without bringing them back. I right. think that that means they have decided they're bringing him back. As Sophie just said in the comment, like special presentations would be like a perfect formula. If you if you really need to tell Star Lord's story again, just tell it in a solo context there. But who knows? Um, and then we have another really long quote about uh, oh, Rocket boy. and Groot. Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> so someone asked who uh, Tibius Lark was, and Gunn revealed the idea of a Rocket and Groot first meeting short film idea for a short film idea. That sure is a quote. All right. <laughs> I wrote a short film explaining the origin of how Rocket and Groot met. It was even storyboarded and location scouted, and we did test footage for it. It was seen at SDCC in the trailer we cut for it after 12 days of shooting. But I didn't have time to do it as Volume 1 amped up. Uh, in it, Tibius, Lark, Groot, and Rocket were all imprisoned in a deep well in the ground. Tibius, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, was on the verge of dying. He explained to Rocket that he had been caring for Groot for years. He was a former zookeeper in a shitty galactic side zoo <laughs> he explained he had saved Groot who was on an uh, exhibit there and that Groot was a loyal friend he asked Rocket to please take care of him and then he died as he died Rocket looked down in the dark cell and noticed he was a robot the lower body of uh, the lower body of his body smashed open and mechanical the guards above ground heard something rumbling, and they turned and saw Rocket and Groot bursting up from the ground. Rocket on Groot's shoulder and Groot's hands was a machine gun made from Tibius Lark's body, and he shot all the guards, and they escaped, and they were together until they met the Guardians. That's who Tibius Lark was. I had I was reading that all in real time for my first level. I was like, oh, um, yeah, I don't need that because I just read it all, and I, now it's in my brain. I got it. Uh, I don't need to see it. But that's a nice idea. It would have been amazing if we had gotten this like at the time of volume one, especially given like how little we knew about Rocket's backstory. Like I, I love this. I, I would have absolutely devoured this if we got it. Obviously, like I said, James is going to be busy elsewhere, so we probably will never get this, but it's very cool to know like what that would have been. Everyone cool. else seems to agree. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Next. I'm good. I'm good on all the <laughs> content. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing over here because it's funny. That's all. We can go. We can move. <laughs> I do just, I will just say, I miss the Marvel one shot era where we could just do these one off stories. Like, I miss that we either it's like a special presentation, which even then, who knows when we're ever getting one of those again, or it's a show or a movie. Like, I, I loved having these very short form stories. So, that would have been a really cool one to see. Um, so, we are going to take another quick one minute break. And when we're back, we're going to break down episode five of Secret Invasion. So, stay tuned. Full spoilers. <laughs> Thank you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Phase Zero. Uh, we are now going to break down Episode Five of Secret Invasion. Full spoilers. Um, so we'll just go around and share our reactions first. Uh, Jamie, since you, especially because you've been absent from the past two, and we haven't heard your reactions lately, how are you feeling about this episode and Secret Invasion thus far? Enjoying it. Um, I, as I said from the beginning, this is definitely the sh kind of show where I can't fully like say how I feel until it's over. Um, I'm, I'm, I cannot wait to do my obligatory full binge to like really soak it in. Um, I do agree with what you said earlier. Like, could this have been a movie? I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm bummed um, that, that we've, we're spoiling spoilers. I'm really bummed that uh, we've lost uh, Talos. Um, I, it, but I had such a, a death happen in, um, um, in a, a thing that in a project this week that upset me so much that this was like I get it um I don't have the feelings left to have feelings about this um uh but um let me just say Olivia Coleman is killing it and if they don't bring her back in a million more projects I'm gonna be sad because she is my favorite part of the show and not just because she's one of my favorite actors on earth she's just so good I'm also really glad that they're because after the third episode I think I said I was like I'm I don't understand why we're not acknowledging that his wife is a scroll but he seems to never be with her in her true form and that really bothered me and I'm glad that it's being addressed I'm glad that Amelia Clark was like like kind of spat that right in her face and you could tell it uh, hit a nerve. And so I'm glad that that's being discussed. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really in, into what's happening. Um, it's uh, I think this was like one of my most anticipated things. So I'm like, is, is it living up to the hype in my brain? I don't quite think it is, but I am enjoying it. Aaron, how about you? Um, as always, it's just good to have Sam back, man. Um, <laughs> Sad about sad about Talos, although we still don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe Ben Middleton does, you know, come out of nowhere like Poochie at the end. Who knows? But <laughs> there have been so many fake outs that I just don't know. Um, I do think poor Brandon is not here. Mm -hmm. the, the action scene when they are doing the siege on Fury and Priscilla's house is madness. I am trying to think of a Avengers fight where the violence is shown in such like detail and I'm drawing a real blank, like real dude got shot coming through the window and got impaled on the window pane. And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think I said out loud, like, Oh my God. Um, so it is interesting. I, I do like the dynamic of uh, Amelia Clark, a guy talking to her about like, why is it that, you guys live apart and like some of those dynamics I'll write about that on the site later, but it is like all bubbling towards something interesting. And as Jenna will probably appreciate, they are borrowing from Tower of Babel so heavily that yep. I feel like we have to talk about that at some point. So <laughs> that's fun too. Oh, I'll get into that. Don't worry. Okay. Um, Nick, how do you feel about this episode and about the show thus far? Cause you haven't been on during the secret invasion era. 
So uh, setting the table a bit, I've been very busy these last few weeks. So I kind of binged it all this morning. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> as a binge, it's been very fun. I'm a like I'm a I'm a Beto enjoyer. I loved Beto. You know, I, I'm a you know this was the worst episode for me to love Beto, unfortunately. <laughs> but you know, uh, other than that, like I do love its '80s action hero vibe in terms of. Nick, like Sam Jackson, getting to be the one man against the world kind of thing. So, like, I I do love that. I don't I don't really like a lot of it. <laughs> so, I, uh, you know, it it seems kind of there's a lot of puzzle pieces getting thrown around, and not a lot are seemingly connecting. I don't know if that's just because I binged it, and maybe like I glossed over details or something. So, I will admit that, but. Something about, like, I'm hoping in episode six it all comes together because if it wants to be, like, a super tight spy thriller, it's missing the, you know, it's it's missing the the exposition dump. You know, we're, we're missing that. I was hoping episode five would be it of the you know, someone sitting down and be like, this is how it all really works, you know, because that's usually how it happens in episode five. We get a, this is how it all really is, you know, but, hey, you know, I'm, I watched it. So <laughs> I wish I could be more defined about that, but I watched it. I, I liked it for what it was. It was as good as it was. You know? Sometimes that's all you can do. And like, we are so thankful that you did watch it. Um, I agree with what everyone said, positive and negative. I, I liked parts of this episode, but I did not love this episode. I think that to Nick's point, the, we're introducing some schematics and some plot elements way too late in the game for me. I wish that the show would have just been more about those things from the jump or would have like laid them a little bit more concretely because where we're at now does not feel like where the show was going to start out at. Um, but I, I'm still liking the character beats. I'm still loving the performances. I think that there is still potential to stick the landing. It's just like there's a lot of moving pieces and not all of them are necessarily working. Um, even to like the point with I on the point with the action, even the fight with Gravik versus Beto and all of the people turning on him. I loved the action of that fight, but it felt a little hollow when, as we were saying on last week's show, we don't really know a lot of these other scrolls. They just feel like they exist to just like do whatever Gravik is doing. And then suddenly they're turning on him. That was a little underwhelming. Um, but Aaron mentioned it. We'll talk about it. The harvest is a thing that was established this episode. Um Nick Fury revealed that he stole all of the Avengers DNA from the Battle of Endgame. Uh, this is not only Tower of Babel for <laughs> Justice League. This is kind of sort of Project Batman Beyond from the animated DC stuff. Uh, this was a really interesting way to go about this. Uh, how do we feel about that plot detail just to start? How did off? he get it? He sent scrolls into the field yeah. to get their blood from the Battle of New York. And every, every single thing. One? Like, I guess every... I, this, he got a lot of scrolls. There's like a million of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. That's where I was lost. I was like, where did you get all that? Where did you get it? Yeah. <laughs> I think part of it is also we've never seen the cleanup of that. So we didn't know that there, right. like, what that effort actually looked like and whether or not there were scrolls there. But Jamie, go ahead. Oh, I just, I'm like, Nick. Really, you did that? You, like, <laughs> come on, man! Like he, like he. There have been so many consequences to his actions, and he didn't see that collecting the Avengers' blood all up into it and then scooping it all and making a little Avengers' blood soup wasn't gonna come back to bite you in the butt, man. Like, come on! But I did, I did. When he was talking about it, I did think it was 
was interesting when he said even Carol Danvers. That's the only name he dropped, and mm -hmm. I I think that's interesting. Um, it makes me wonder if it, how episode six is going to lead into the Marvels. I think we're going to get some kind of tag or something that sets up because he's in that movie. Um, yeah, I, I, it's just like. All right. I do, although I got graphic with the group power is so dope. I really, really <laughs> like um, but I don't need to see graphic with a with a Captain Marvel power too. Like that's a little extreme. But yeah, Nick, come on, what you doing? How does that? How would that work too? Because it isn't like I, I mean I don't know. Maybe y'all can explain it better. But her stuff is all cosmic, right? And it's not necessarily DNA based. So I mean, it kind of like melded with her DNA when she had the whole explosion with Annette Benning mm, in the middle of the okay. concert. So that's okay. just always the justification that I've had. So I'm, I'm sure like there's something in her DNA that can make her go binary. So that would probably be the power that Gravik would then have. Well, like I've also seen people in the comments say it seemed like it was all just like one soup of DNA. Like it wasn't like individual strands of DNA, like based on the vial that Fury got from the uh, cemetery. So that's weird in and of itself. Aaron, I'm sure you have thoughts on this reveal. How are you feeling? Um, I, I immediately tagged it as the Tower of Babel thing immediately. I just started laughing like, oh, delicious, because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Although it's funny because it does fit the government's MO because when there was no Captain America, they're like, we'll just make our own. It's cool. Mm -hmm. You know, that means if something else bad happens, we just go into the lab and we get five I teenagers mean... with attitude and inject them with stuff and make <laughs> yeah. them our Avengers anyway, right? Um, it, it all being in one soup is really funny. Also, hysterically so i feel like poor poor she hulk like the <laughs> the weird sample that may or may not exist serves this exact sort of same purpose so like this is the what this is the second or third time we've had weird like no hulk blood yeah. be in there um i'm i'm placing a, a work pool right now on uh brie showing up in the sixth one because her she's been mentioned by name three times which is yeah. weird her and another thing we'll get to, which would really be amazing, but that's probably not gonna happen in the show. Like, I I find it interesting what's getting mentioned, like mm -hmm. what MCU projects they're like tying it into. Because we've gotten so much Iron Man three, which is just random but delightful. There's a ton of uh, the other movie we're just gonna talk about in a second, and there's like a lot of Captain Marvel in here, and I'm like, why do all this mentioning of Carol if she's not gonna pop up? Also. Unfortunately, spoilers if you haven't seen those images from Entertainment Weekly, but there are definitely scrolls in the background while Carol's talking to somebody yes. on a J.J. Yeah. Abrams spaceship. And I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, what? wait, scrolls are still here? What's, what's going on? It's interesting, you know? I will also say off of just Fury's whole thing, like a question I want to pose to everybody. Do we buy, because like they've they've brought it up multiple times of like Fury, why don't you just call the Avengers? And he's basically like, I have to deal with this myself. Do we feel like it is that or is it also part of it now that we know what the harvest is? Does he not want the Avengers to know that he stole their DNA? That's probably part of it because like how many times has he, you know, done things and they're like, uh, sir, Mister Dude, hey, what's going? <laughs> um, I totally think that 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 could be part of it. I do also want to say um a really funny thing to me about the grave site scene is one uh like we weren't waiting for the Fury costume like we wait on all yeah. sorts of costumes. I think it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a crime. Brand is not here. It's like, it's I, know. Crime. I know. I <laughs> know. I also think it's hilarious that he had like one item per 
uh, yeah. like grave. Hmm, yeah. I keep my eye patch or my coat in here, one gun in here. Like bodies could be filled in those spaces. You could fit yeah. all of those <laughs> into one. And I thought that was really like, like, all right, Mr. Flashy, we get it. <laughs> I mean, as much as we love Nick Fury, he very much is the ops. So, you know, it's, 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 yeah, he's probably lying. It's definitely, it's definitely like a, oh, if I tell them, they'll know I did it. So he's, he's dug this hole for himself and I guess we'll see how he solves it by any means necessary. (laughs) I will say we all assume that Gravik looks like because the the teaser thing that came out where it looks like he's a super scroll. He looks super buff and it's like everyone's like, oh, it's called Obsidian. What if he does get the vial? He just has Hulk powers. Like what if that actually did happen? It would be hysterical for all of us to be like, oh, yeah, like that was in there. And then it'd be like, wait, what? Mark Ruffalo? No, (laughs) not our boy, you know, but that that is it's a lot of questions still that's i i've heard us say before on this show that there's a lot of things that have to be wrapped up by these finales and i feel like this is one of the last of the pandemic era productions that was like deep in 2020-2021 i hope that the next wave of these doesn't have that because i i think jenna's got a point where it does feel like one, two, and three could have been condensed, and then we could have got to this idea of the harvest earlier and had people have conversations with Nick about the ethical dubiousness of, hey, you shouldn't be stealing your coworkers' blood. <laughs> Absolutely. Because it's also just like, there were, as I've said with previous episodes, there were a lot of things that felt like they were spinning their wheels of like, oh, this episode and this episode feel very similar at the end of the day. And it's like now knowing that this was percolating in the background, I almost wish we would have gotten to this sooner. Um, but yeah. And then just pivoting to larger MCU stuff. I know Jamie's going to have thoughts because this is her favorite phase four movie. Um, Mason from Black Widow randomly showed up in this episode. I had to do a double take because I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Because I haven't watched Black Widow in forever. But how do we feel that he's back? He was kind of providing the jet that Fury wrote in on. Well, I was excited. Uh, we all know how much <laughs> I love Black Widow. And I think it's really funny that like uh, his thing is trying to make sure that these that these people are getting some sleep. He's, he's like, <laughs> he, he needs some rest because he did the same thing with Nat. And I think that's really funny. I'm glad they brought him in because um, it makes sense that Fury would have the same contact as her with this kind of stuff. Um, it was just good to see his face. Black Widow Hive Rise, uh, favorite movie of phase four. I said it and I meant it. So I was excited about that connection. Yeah. Unfortunately, I had this ruined for me as Slack, but Aww. I really was excited. Like when he rolled up, I was like, oh, that's fun. That's actually kind of cool. That's the sort of stuff that you, you really want to see about this stuff, you know? And it feels like maybe he worked, Rick worked on the helicarrier. Mm-hmm at some point which is like very interesting like with the hellscape we inhabit it would be very easy to digitally insert him in the background of the avengers so they'd be like he's been there the entire time but yeah i I was i was happy a lot of black widow going on Mm -hmm. the facial thing that she uses from winter soldiers there like i'm sitting there in the background like what of all the pools i wish nat wasn't off the board and i wish you know freaking wasn't like one of the five biggest stars on earth so she could yeah. just come and hurricane rana somebody and then run off. <laughs> swing out of swing out of frame with like macaroni and cheese. Yeah. And be done. If she would have showed up in episode six. Oh man. Like, yeah, I know. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel like at very least, like Rachel Vice could have been somebody who would have been really cool yeah. to show up in this show. I mean, also just because I want to see Rachel Vice anywhere, but it's like I feel like since she's not in Thunderbolts to our knowledge, and we don't really know what's next for her story, if you played off of the like I'm a spy and how does that fit into the scroll stuff, I feel like that would have been really cool. But yeah, and then and they, we had the oh, go ahead. Oh, so no, they do say the mask is full body now in yeah. terms of like new technologies. So you know maybe she is there. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Just between that and like binging all of the mission movies i'm like i've had so many pieces of media where just a full face mask is just like a huge part of this um but yeah and then i want to have us all go around before we wrap things up and just kind of share our predictions for the finale as we were kind of saying it could go anywhere but how, how do you think that this could or should wrap up i'm well because nick called somebody and was like it's time do you think do we think who that could be is you think it's somebody like exciting or is it just like mason again like because that's what I, i'm like colson i really don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> if, if, I could, if i could have anything happen if i had a dream happen that's who he was talking to on the phone um i'm i hope that they just i don't think they will because they never give us these kind of answers i want to know how long roadie uh, has great. been a scroll. Yeah. I don't think he was a scroll in Endgame. I think no. that would be a weird choice. Um, uh, but same with um, like Marm Freeman. Like I, I wish. I hope that like just give us some information. I would love to see the humans get broken out of their cells so that we can get that that answer. But I don't foresee that happening. Um, I, I'm I, as long as Olivia Coleman doesn't die, I'll be happy with however this show ends. Nick, what predictions do you have? I thought he was calling Gravik. I, you know, because it, it's a TV phone call, and in TV you don't say hello <laughs> or goodbye. You just, you know, it's like, oh yeah, they picked it up in two seconds, and let's get down to business, you know. Uh, and you know, so I thought that's where it was going. You know, let's let's settle this, yada yada yada, et cetera, et cetera. Eighties action movie. So my my only thing is, I do hope it ends with uh, telling us why this was ultimately important in the first place. <laughs> Like, I mean, yes, scrolls everywhere in the government. Yes, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, in terms of Avengers level stuff, why do we need to care? You know, it, yes, Rhodey, or Rhodey was an Avenger. And I do agree that it was post, probably post Endgame because Rhodey in this show has been so different in personality that it was a, like, it was a clear indicator that it, he was probably a scroll this whole time. But it, completely different endgame. But uh, point is, I, I just hope they tell us why this show needed to be a show. <laughs> to get Samuel Jackson an Emmy. That's yeah. why. <laughs> to get Don another like guest actor nom inexplicably. <laughs> does, wait, does, does Nick Fury survive this? That Oh, there we I, go. That's what I'll ask. I'm 50-50. Like, we, we've been saying that since week one because, like, the uh, very Capital One commercial level Nick Fury that it seems like we're getting in the Marvels feels completely different from the Nick Fury that we've had so far. So I, I feel like he could die. I feel like the Marvels could even be a prequel. Like, who knows at this point? I don't know. They've avoided all of that stuff. And the yeah. fact that, uh, you know, we still don't know what the last episode is kind of like a, well, at least there's that to look forward to for sure. Um, I, I like my theory from last week where I said that the, whatever happens, the end of this has two things that probably happen. And that is Rhodey wakes up from the coma and goes back to his government job and gets played by Sharon. And that's what sets up armor wars. I think that we are abs. I know Jamie, I know, I know she's bad. I know, <laughs> I, know. I know, but I feel like that's totally going to happen. And 
you got to have him get back up to Saber to to start the Marvels. I think those are two things that are absolutely going down. And I think Nick is right. The more logical of the things is him calling Gravik to be like, let's end this. Like, you know, like it's a dance battle. Like it's like you got served or something. But <laughs> I also, it would be really, really dope if it was Maria Hill or Talos. It would be very cool. Losing both of them kind of is like beads. I don't want Ben Middleton to go away, yeah. but I understand. So there's that. There, the other pie in the sky stuff, probably not going to happen, but I could totally see that or uh, the very popular, there are two Nick Furies running around thing being Ooh, in the finale. Yeah. I think that's, I, I, I've come around on that. That might actually be real. <laughs> like, he always has a different hat. He made a very big show of switching to that hat during this episode in the patch. And he doesn't, he wasn't wearing the glasses. So I could easily see that. But I don't even want that. Just show me all of the weird stuff with Don Cheadle in the background of these movies being a scroll. That's what I really want. I'm like, the whole last episode could not be them fighting. It'd just be like the first five minutes of the Marvel. The Marvel's being Brie punching Gravik through a wall, and then we just proceed with the movie. That would be fine. I'm cool uh, with that. Man, but but Rhodey talking about choking Thanos in the crib can't be a scroll. Just for my sake. I, I cannot Prepare be a scroll be doing that. Prepare yeah, to be hurt. All I don't want that, that Rhodey somebody in else. No. There were in your bed, Nick. <laughs> also, because, like, to the point we were making earlier of just, like, how hard it is for general audiences to follow the MCU, if they, like, if the last time they saw Rhodey, if they don't have a Disney Plus subscription, was Endgame, and then you go into the Armor Wars movie, if that actually happens, and you're, like, now knowing, oh, he was a scroll and he wasn't, that wasn't who he was in Endgame, I feel like that would be very confusing, needlessly. So, yeah, I agree with everything. Go on. I gotta ask a question too. Do you mm -hmm. think Don pops up in Ironheart? Yes. Because I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel I feel certain. Like especially if if he gets sent on a wild goose chase to corral all the tech that's been indisposed while he's been in a freezer for however long. I'm like, they ain't said nothing about this show. It was supposed to come out this year. <laughs> like it seems like it would have something to do with Rhodey. Because like I mean, you know, Riri's her old thing. She's a genius, but. That's definitely Stark tech. So I don't know. Yeah. I just piggybacking off of that for my, my predictions. I, I want a lot of what has already been said. I want some sort of reveal with like the humans that are in stasis right now. Like we doesn't seem like my Abigail brand theory will happen in the way that I oh. wanted it to, because the second that Fury and Gaia were in the same room, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, like he at least doesn't recognize what her human form is, but I want like some sort of, surprise with who those humans are in stasis beyond just being Brody. And yeah, it would be amazing if we could get like Carol Danvers or literally anybody else, but I'm not going to get my hopes too high because who like Lord knows we've been burned badly with previous Disney plus shows. Um, <laughs> but yeah, does, does anyone else have any other thoughts on this episode? She'll call herself Abigail brand. I, I probably <laughs> Like that would be handle, great. She'll she'll glow all extremistsy and she'll be like, I'm Abigail Brand. <laughs> <laughs> I would take that at this point. I'll I'll take any promise. Um so I, I think that's it for today's phase zero. This has been a really fun one. Um, Nick, you're at the top of the board. So is there anything you want to plug or leave the listeners with? Oh, yes. Uh, if you want to find more of me, you can find me at Valdezology on all the medias. And if you're also watching this on Mixable and happen to like RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, you can watch me there with Pop Culture. We are do uh, 
It's a show called Drag, and we are now in the final episode of RuPaul's All Stars Drag Race Eight. Oh my God, I settled the title weird because I'm nervous. But yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what do you have to plug? Oh boy, um, all my Barbie interviews are up. Um, check them out. Barbenheimer week, let's go. Movies <laughs> are back, baby. Um, and also my uh, Haunted Mansion uh, uh, interviews are coming um, this week. Uh, I think they're all technically online, but the articles that accompany them will be coming this week. But I I talked to my namesake, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish, Rosario Dawson. Like there's some good stuff. And, um, uh, and that movie was cute so and i believe our very own charlie is reviewing it so keep an eye out for that as well go to the movies um show these people that we love actors and we love writers and we support their because i'm pretty sure that act the actors with movies coming out are bummed that they don't get to plug these movies they work really hard on i don't think they want you to boycott the movies i think they really still want you to see these movies that they poured their heart and souls into so uh watch the movies i love it aaron what do you have to plug uh, it's at Simon Hornet on Twitter. Um, go watch Jamie's Barbie's, Barbie interviews. I am excited. They just put a freaking IMAX down the street from the crib. So I can actually go watch Barbie Oppenheimer in absolute luxury. <laughs> nice. Excited about that. But also a thing this weekend that deserves your attention is they clone Tyrone on Netflix. Ooh. If you want more Tiana Paris before the Marvels and you will miss John Boyega doing anything, Go do it. And, of course, our friend Jamie Foxx, who had the health scare. He, he's had a little bit of fun with the promotion uh, mm -hmm. on Twitter. He said, they didn't clone me, but they did clone Tyrone. And I'm like, <laughs> good. <laughs> Combating misinformation and entertaining all of us. So those that's a fun thing for this weekend. I love it. Um, as as always, I'm at Hey It's Jenilyn on social media. As always, go read some comics. I will piggyback off of what Jamie said. Go to the movies this weekend. It is amazing to already look at like the showtimes near me for Barbie and Oppenheimer and just see how full they already are. So go support movies. Go just watch and support movies and TV shows. Go watch My Adventures with Superman if you haven't already because that oh. show is exceptional. Yes. It is so, so good. Um, but yeah, and then we will be back next week, uh, hopefully with BD with us uh, to talk about the finale of Secret Invasion. So who knows how that's going to go and probably whatever Marvel news happens between now and then. So stay tuned.